friends, welcome to worship. We are so grateful that we get to be together in this time of worship and celebration and praise and honor to our coming King. Bienvenidos a todos nuestra familia. We welcome all of our family, our guys at Kiwani. We wanna shout out to you in this Christmas season and say how much we miss you. And we can't wait until we can be together again in space to worship. You know, it's our hope and our prayer that in this Advent season, you've been able to take time to pause, to reflect on the meaning of of hope and on the meaning of peace and what that looks like in your life. And we've been interacting with our Advent wreath um, to light those candles. And so um, maybe in your space, wherever you are, this would be a great time for you to interact with your own Advent wreath or maybe the light of the world candle uh, that you got in your Heritage Advent kit. Whatever it is, we just wanna invite you in this space right now to begin to, to settle your heart and your mind as we prepare for a time of worship. And so we're gonna light our hope candle now and our candle of peace, la luz de esperanza y la luz de paz. And today we're going to reflect on the candle of joy. Uh, The third week of Advent is this invitation to remember the joy that, that was experienced by humanity when Jesus came as a baby. And then the joy that we cultivate as we expectantly wait and hope for the return of our coming King. Our reading this week is found in the book of Isaiah in chapter 61, verses 1 through 4 and verse 10. And this, you'll remember as I read it, this is the passage of scripture that Jesus recited in Luke chapter 4 when when he was in the temple and he picked up the scroll of Isaiah and it was these words. And so Jesus, the God-man, Emmanuel, said these words in person to a gathered group of people and these words echo and resound to us today as we allow hope to fill our hearts. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities that were destroyed long ago. They will revive them. Though they have been deserted for many generations, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, my God. And so we light the candle of joy, la luz de alegría, And we say these words together, friends. Come, Lord Jesus, and be our light and salvation. Let us walk together in the light of the Lord. And as we walk together, let's worship together and proclaim 
that joy to the world is here and is coming. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And that's got to be one of my favorite Christmas carols because it helps remind me of what true joy is and who that joy comes from. Now, if you know me, you know that I love everything about the Christmas season, the traditions, the quality time spent with my family, worshiping alongside my church family, 
hiding the elf on the shelf for my kids to find. But if I'm being honest, there are moments and times when Christmas can feel hard and challenging and, and painful. Moments where it feels like joy can be absent from our lives. Now, no matter what space you find yourself in today, in this Christmas season, I want to remind you that there is joy. There's joy because God became flesh and dwelt among us and made himself known through the person of Jesus who lived, who suffered greatly, and who laid down his life for you and me. There is joy in that. It's an eternal joy. And as we navigate the journey of Advent towards Christmas together as a church, each week we get the opportunity to set aside a time to pause and to participate and to lean in before the King of Kings and pray and receive the joy that only Jesus brings. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy that entered the world when Jesus was born. Thank you for becoming God with us. Lord, sometimes it's difficult to live joyfully, especially in difficult or busy seasons. Please purify our hearts this week and remind us that you're in control. Help us to consider a joy when we experience trials of any kind, because we know you're creating something beautiful and eternal. And as we fix our eyes and hearts on you, fill our souls with renewed strength, courage, and hope. Lord, you are always worthy of being praised, and we want to worship you. Amen.
In his name, in his 
Hey church, wherever you're joining us from, I'm so glad we get to spend these next few moments pressing in together as we continue in this conversation we've been having called Light of the World. It's part of how we're framing our intentional journey of expectation and waiting, of preparing our hearts and our minds and our homes for the reality of Christmas and all that it means for us, not just this year, but in the years to come. That journey that the church universal has walked for hundreds and hundreds of years is one called Advent. And it's a season where we reflect on what it means to receive and wait for the fullness of things like love and joy and peace and hope. In fact, we've already had some great conversations about the hope that Jesus brings, about the peace that he offers. And today we're digging into the truth of what it means to be people of joy. Now, before we get into that, though, uh, all of this conversation about getting ready for Christmas has had me thinking about some of my very favorite Christmas gifts I've ever given or received. The first one was one I received when I was about eight years old, I think. It was a surprise even to my parents because an uncle had snuck this gift into the pile of presents for us kids. It was my very first and my very own Daisy BB gun. Now, you should have seen the look of terror and frustration on my parents' faces when they realized that their eight-year-old was now armed and dangerous. It took it a while before I was actually able to use that thing and learned how to do so safely. But I don't know why, I just, I remember that gift as something that brought me great joy and fun, probably because of the reactions of those around me. But another gift that is deeply meaningful to me and my family is actually this one. It's simple. It's just a frame that says, all because two people fell in love. You see, this was a gift that I gave to my wife, Sarah, one Christmas when we had just received what we thought was devastating news, that we might never be able to have biological children. We had been working with doctors and been on a journey of infertility that was heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. And so on that Christmas day, after we had spent some time praying and processing and realizing that the desire we had and the circumstances we were facing didn't seem to match up very well, I gave her this gift. And it just has a little note in there. It says, to Sarah, in faith, love Jer. It's one of those frames that's supposed to, at some point, hold a family reunion photo or a photo of parents and their kids all together. It was really a a bittersweet gift, but it's deeply meaningful to us. I'm going to share a little bit more about this gift in a few moments. But the reason I share that with you is because I think we all have spaces and places like that in our lives even now. Those places where our deepest desires, what we hope outcomes will be, what we, what we would paint of the picture of our lives for ourselves, and the circumstances that we're in, well, well, they seem like they're in conflict with one another. Not only is there great distance between what we expect or want and what we actually see around us, sometimes it can feel like we're being crushed in between those two things. 
So when that's the case, how are you and I supposed to live well? When, when that's the case, which it seems to be for so many of us in these days, how is it that you and I can, can be the people of hope and of peace and of joy that we are meant to be? The reality is we're not the first ones to struggle with that. In fact, Jesus' very best friend, a man named John, wrote about the coming of Christ Jesus in a circumstance where the Jews, the people who were waiting for the arrival of Christ, found themselves in that space between desire and circumstance. And they felt like they were being crushed in between those two things because their desire was for God to offer his rescuing king who would come and set everything right. But their circumstance, their circumstance was as a people who were oppressed, who were occupied, who even felt like they had been forgotten. Because you see, it had been about 400 years since they had really heard from God. And so here they are in this crushing space between what they desire and what their circumstances are. And I think for them and for us, we can all admit that would be frustrating, painful, and maybe even feel like a place of darkness. And so it's in the midst of that circumstance that we read these words about the coming of Christ Jesus for us. This is what the writer says in John chapter 1, verses 9 and following. He says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Now, we're going to continue in that passage of Scripture here in just a moment. And while it may not seem that joy is in this passage by its own word, and the word joy doesn't appear there, it appears nowhere in this verse or the next several, this concept of joy, the sense of what joy is, it kind of bleeds through all of these words for us. So again, here we find ourselves with a group of people who are feeling crushed between desire and circumstance. And the very thing that they're waiting for, God's rescuing king, comes on the scene. Oh, it's so exciting to me that God can move regardless of circumstance, that his plan isn't thwarted by the things that we're facing. And sometimes he actually uses the very difficult, very hard things of life to further his own purposes and his plan for us and for those around us. This is an incredible thing for us. But what we start to see in this passage, and it's, it's something that you and I really need to get a hold of here today, is that there is a difference between happiness and joy. And so many of us, especially this time of year, we confuse the two. We feel like it's our job to help those around us be really happy. We go out of our way to work really hard to bring happiness, the magic of the season, to those around us. But this Christmas is unlike any we've ever experienced. And we may be feeling extra pressure in all kinds of ways to, to try to provide that. 
But what we start to see in this passage is happiness really just sits in the shadow of joy. Happiness and joy are are not the same thing. The joy that Jesus brings is something far greater, far more profound, and far more lasting than happiness. In fact, what what we first begin to see right here is that happiness is pursued, but joy is received. I'm going to say that again. Happiness is pursued, but joy is received. You see, we have these core values even as a, as a nation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness is not a bad thing. But if something can be pursued, it means that for many of us, it can remain just out of reach, no matter how hard we try or how much we work. And there are those of us who, in pursuing happiness, we have worked really crazy hard to try to finally be truly happy. We've tried to build the right things, invest in the right things, even provide the right things. We've tried to say the right things. We've tried to build our family in the right way. And along the way, all of us have made mistakes in that. And yet it can seem no matter how hard we try, how much we spend, how much stress we put ourselves under, how much pressure we feel or apply to others, that happiness is always just one more step away. Because you see, happiness is pursued. But the joy that Jesus brings, it isn't something we have to pursue. In a sense, it's almost like it chases us. You see, happiness is pursued. Joy is received. We see that in the passage that we just read, where the people were waiting in that hard in-between space of desire and circumstance. And when everything seemed impossible, that's where the joyful news that the light of the world was coming came. That's where the joyful news that everything that had been would be different because God was doing a new thing. It's this incredible moment in our history. And you see, here's the thing. While happiness may be pursued, and it requires so much of us, joy, joy invites us as we are to receive Jesus as he is. And there, there we find something altogether unexpected. And so I wonder for you in the circumstances that you're facing in that crazy hard in-between space of what you desire, and the circumstances of life around us. What have you been pursuing? What is it that God wants you to receive? What does it look like to receive the joy he offers in Jesus even today? But you know, the the conversation keeps moving here. The people who were waiting for this joy of Jesus, they missed him because they had been so intent on pursuing a specific idea of what it meant for God to move in this moment. And I think sometimes the same thing can happen for us, where we become so fixated on on a perfect conclusion to our desire that we miss how God is at work in that. Where is God moving even now in your family, in your workplace, in your search for work? you might find that in those spaces, if you just pause in your pursuit and receive what he has to offer, you'll find joy there. The scripture writer reminds us in this moment 
that there's so much for us. And in fact, the same writer later on would say these words in John 15. He says, this is Jesus speaking, saying, you need to fulfill my commandments that I give you. And when you do this, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. You see, the joy that Jesus offers us is joy that we receive. And then what we do with that joy matters. When we choose obedience in the way of Jesus, when we offer his joy to others, it's made complete. And the word complete there is actually a word picture. It's it's like a cup that has been filled absolutely to the very top of its brim so that any motion at all causes it to spill some of its contents out. You know, it's a really good test to figure out what you and I are full of when we find out what spills out of us when we're bumped. And Jesus says right here that when we receive his joy and when we choose obedience in his way, we become so full of his joy that even when we're bumped about by the circumstances of life, that what can come out of us is joy as we offer it to others. So how do we do that? Well, the writer, John, continues back in that first chapter. He says this. Remember, he said, those who Jesus had come for, well, many of them didn't receive him. But in verse 12, he says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, listen to this, to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but children born of God. You see, right here, we see another difference between happiness and joy. Happiness. Happiness depends on circumstance. But joy is rooted in our identity. Happiness depends on circumstance. Joy roots itself in our identity. And here's what the writer says. It's that when we receive Jesus and his joy, we root in to him. And we start to discover that we have been made new. That our identity is coming to be those who are known as children of God. One of the interesting things in this passage is the writer goes out of his way to say, when we receive Jesus, we become children not based on somebody's whim or will, not some human design or desire, but we become children of God. And you know what I hear when I read those words? I hear this for me and for you. You are not a mistake. You have purpose. God has a plan and a desire for you. Let this truth wash over you that no matter what your circumstances say, you can root into your identity in who Jesus says you are. You see, when we're searching for identity and value, well, that's when we start to pursue happiness again as though it's the most important thing. We tire ourselves working so hard to try to prove our value, to try to convince others that we have what it takes, to try to convince ourselves that we have what it takes and we belong where we are. But Jesus, the joy that he brings by his coming and what he offers to you and to me is a rootedness in identity in who he says we are. 
that we are loved of God, that we have a purpose to fulfill, that we can know what it is to have unbroken relationship, not only with God, but healthy relationships with those around us, no matter the circumstance, even in the midst of 2020 and all that that means. Because you see, happiness, happiness depends on circumstance. Joy is rooted in identity, in who God says we are. And who God says you are will trump the pain of circumstance every time. It doesn't mean that he removes us from the difficult circumstances of life, but that because of the joy he gives us, we can stand firm in them. We can be people rooted in who he says we are, and even when we're knocked about by the circumstances of life, offer the joy of one who knows who they are and whose they are. So again, I wonder, what does it look like for you, where you are, to receive the joy of Jesus, to sit in the space of who he says you are, and out of that, to continue waiting, even when desire and circumstance seem to be so far apart. You see, the invitation of Advent is an invitation to receive each of these gifts, these gifts of hope, of peace, of joy, and of love. But it's what we do with that received gift that can change the whole trajectory of our lives, as we offer it to others and allow those things to come to start defining who we are, as we rest in our identity in who Jesus says we are. I want to move back to this special gift for just a moment, because something happened a few years ago where our circumstances started to change. Sarah and I had started having conversations with adoption agencies, and, and we decided that whatever God had for us in our journey was going to be the very best for us. So we started to have the conversations we knew we needed to have. Our desire was to be parents. Circumstances seemed to be standing in the way. And then one day, Sarah started feeling unwell, and one thing led to another, and we discovered she was going to give birth to our first child. And I remember receiving the sonogram picture of Jubilee, our daughter, and digging this frame out and starting to remove the back so I could place within it the fulfillment of this desire for us. And Sarah caught me doing that, and she stopped me. And she said, don't you dare change that thing. Because you see, the desire to wait in faith is true no matter what. Whether God expanded our family in this way or another one, it's actually the hope in faith, the waiting and the joy in this space that mattered most, that, that really will allow us to hold on to knowing regardless of circumstance, our God has been faithful in the past. He may have been faithful in the past in different ways than we would have chosen or expected or anticipated, but because he's been faithful in the past, we can trust that he will be faithful in the future. And so, in whatever circumstance we're in, wherever we're at, we wait. 
We wait in the season of Advent. We wait as people of joy, confident that the God who shined his bright light in that dark space all those many Christmases ago, in that first Christmas, is the same God who moves, the same God who sees, the same God who knows your every circumstance even now and is at work in them. And so here's my question for me and for you today. It's there before you, but but here it is. It's where do you need to stop pursuing and start receiving today? Where do you need to stop pursuing and start receiving right now? Maybe for you, it's in receiving the person of Jesus. You can do that by simply asking Jesus to be the rescuing king in your life, the one who brings his hope, his joy, his peace, his love into your world. Asking him to be the one who forgives and leads you. If you do that, we invite you to go ahead and text faith to the number on the screen now. And a member of our team will follow up with you with some great next steps for you. Maybe you've already stepped into relationship with Jesus, but, but your next step is to receive the gift of hope or peace or joy in a unique way, to simply settle into who he says you are, to choose today to believe about yourself what he says is true, that you matter, that you have purpose, that your family that your family can be used by God for great and wonderful things. What does it look like for you to receive that and offer that to those around you? What would it look like? What would it look like for this Christmas to be marked as one of this kind of joy, the kind of joy that is overwhelming and redefining? It's not something you have to simply imagine. It's something you can receive even now. And I invite you to do that, even as we pray together. Would you pray with me, please? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of who you are, your great love that you have come and are coming again. And for me and my friends right now, I pray that that you would wash over us, that you would speak truth to us about who we are because of who you are. And that you would show each of us, even now, what it means to receive your gift of joy in this season. God, don't let us leave this moment the same as when we entered it. Allow us to encounter you and to live out your joy, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.
estación Gloria In excelsis Deo Gloria In excelsis Inspire our heavenly song I'm so grateful for the reminder that Pastor Jeremiah shared with us today that we can have joy in Jesus as we experience our identity fully rooted in Him, in this truth that we are sons and daughters of the Most High if we have a relationship with Him. And this is something that's available for all of us to choose to enter into, and it would be our great joy. To, to see all of you who are connecting with us in this, in this service, in this gathering, um, that you would 
choose Jesus if you haven't. Pastor Jeremiah gave us a way that we can do that to text faith or to call pray with a pastor. And we certainly encourage you to do that because it is our hope, our prayer, it is our joy to be able to hold a space where we connect with Jesus um, for these moments, but we want you to experience Jesus in all of your moments for all the days of your life. You know, something else that we've been enjoying this Christmas season is the opportunity that we, that Heritage had to be a small part of bringing the Christmas tree back to the elevator tower um, at the Bridgepoint 485 facility. And, and we were not able to do this without our great community partners and, and labor and creativity and lots of behind the scenes endeavors. But it is our hope that as you drive around um, over the holiday season and especially over that great new bridge that we're enjoying, that you would look up, that you would see that tree and you would just allow that to be a reminder of the light of the world that came for you, that loves you and came so that you could experience immeasurable joy. You know, partnership is something that we talk a lot about at Heritage. And the truth is that, that our church exists because of, of our partnership with people just like you. And so we're so grateful in this season for how you have continued to express radical generosity through your faithful giving. And so if you're interested in partnering with us in that way, you can connect with us at heritageqc.com and you can give there, you can give through our app. Our Bridgepoint lobby is open and there's a box where you can drop off your, your faithful giving. And we just wanna say thank you. Um, we are so grateful that God continues to allow Heritage to be a space um, where people can find hope, where people can find peace, where people can find joy and love, not because of us, but because of Jesus that is at work in our church and through our church. You know, we'll have a few important ways that you can connect with us in the next few weeks. And so we just wanna let you know about those. Um, on Wednesday nights, we're gonna be having a Noel at night opportunity at 7 p.m. You can join us on Facebook or YouTube. And it's just an opportunity to really pause again in our Advent season and sing some Christmas songs and go a little bit deeper into that week's theme, um, whether that's hope or joy or, or peace or love. We're just gonna explore that a little bit. And it's just a way again for us to be very present to this reality that while we celebrate the Jesus that has come, we also calibrate our hearts to the King who is returning. Also, we wanted to let you know that on Wednesday afternoons and Sunday mornings at our Bettendorf and Rock Island campus, you can sign up to connect with the pastor of the day for a 30 minute time block. If you just need some pastoral prayer or counsel or connection, we wanna make that available to you. And so if you're interested in that, you can sign up through our app or you can call our church office and we'll be happy to walk you through that process. We can't wait for Christmas Eve. I know that many of you are counting down the days as well. And even though Christmas Eve will likely look different for many of us, uh, we are excited about the opportunity to gather together for Christmas Eve services on my TV at 6.30 p.m. And then at seven o'clock, it'll be streaming throughout the night. If you need to kind of adjust your family schedule, that'll work great as well. But we encourage you to set aside time to just welcome Christ into your space at Christmas time. 
You know, in this season of not being able to be together in space, um, we long for the day when we can be together again. But in the meantime, I'm so grateful that the hope and the joy and the peace of Christmas can still be with us. Thank you so much for being with us today. We look forward to connecting again with you soon.